this is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never. My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was, was a moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. The journey to a better you starts right now. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Angelo Kelly, and I am your host today. My guest is Frank Bisaccia this week. This one was an interview that I've really been looking forward to releasing. I've wanted to get Frank on the podcast for quite some time. He's been a big fan and really supportive of me. So uh, this was just a really fun interview talking about Frank's life in weightlifting, coaching, how he's balanced everything, and how he still continues to compete at age 64 to this day. So without further ado, let's give it over to Frank. Yeah, so uh, so Frank, welcome to the podcast. I, I, uh, I've wanted to do this for a long time. I can't think of anybody who embodies being better than yesterday, better than you. So thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me, Angelo. You know that I've been a fan, and it's just, it's just I feel tickled to be here. Good. Well, yeah, we were we got training this morning so it's always good to have you when you come down to westchester and get in the gym so it's nice to nice to have you and have you in person so i'm excited for this oh thank you i love being there so uh when did you start getting started into weightlifting like what made you find the barbell for the first time well i always i want to say even as a kid i've always been fascinated by being strong you know i don't think i ever got there but i was always fascinated with it you know Superman, Hercules, all that kind of stuff excites you as a little boy. And so I always was fascinated with strength, wanted to be strong. And then um, when I was 12 years old, my parents got me a barbell set from, I think I got it from Sears and Roebuck, and it came with an instruction manual. And I just followed the manual and didn't exercises. And I realized from doing that, that it did make you stronger. And that's when I first realized that uh, lifting weights can help you in your strength and your athletic performance and your performance um, in you know any type of sport. So what sports did you play when you were younger? Well, I think just a, uh, in, in, when I was younger, you know, when I was a young boy, it was in the six, 1960s. Uh, and I think uh, for the most part, just a typical baseball, football, uh, sports, basketball, but I, you know, it was kind of more back then. There wasn't so much of this organized sports. I did play some organized sports, but as a young boy, it was mostly outside every day playing sports, and that was that was kind of it. And so I got to about like junior high school, and then I started playing some organized sports. Uh, never excelled in anything, but I did play. I played. Uh, I did track and field. That was probably one of the sports that I played. That I liked. All my friends did it. It was a lot of fun, and uh, I also did wrestling in high school. So that's and that sport there, that was very demanding. I was never very good at it, but it was very demanding. It really taught me how to train. How fast could you pin me right now? Uh, probably not very fast. <laughs> <laughs> I I just remember having some friends in high school who did wrestling, and the people who who didn't do it had no idea. Like you would just be on your back in five seconds like even if they weren't good at wrestling in high school they could just 
you choke you out and so quick. So right. that's why I asked. It, that. it really uh, had. A, I had a good coach. He was a very good coach. He was a very hard coach. Very tough coach. But but he was very good, especially at conditioning, and that's what really taught me how to how to how to how to train hard. And he also did stuff that I thought was ahead of his time. We did this stuff called like he called it circuit training, which I think kind of CrossFit and the circuit training that he did not the same, but it, it was the start of it. And, and and I just thought he was ahead of his time. So were you guys doing like push ups and sit ups? Right, and, right. and we would go up against through. the wall. We do vertical push ups. We would run stairs. We would you know do all kinds of jumping movements, which was really advanced back then for. You know, for, for for that time in the nineteen probably seventy one, seventy two, like around there. Yeah, that's yeah, that's really cool. And then, so what made you get into Olympic weightlifting specifically? Okay, all right. So uh, uh, I'm gonna when, move this a little closer to your face. Uh, You're good. Okay. Uh, well, uh, when I was uh, when I finished high school, uh, I was in pretty good shape, but. Uh, like a lot of people, I went to a trade. I went to a trade school. I didn't go to college, but I went to a trade school. I had a job, and uh, I was doing very little movement. And I, you know, at that age, you start to put on. You can start to put on some weight, and I did. I started putting on some weight. I was out of shape. It was kind of bothering me, but I didn't really think too much of it. I thought, well, maybe that's where I am in my life now. That's what happens. You get out of school, you get fat, and you <laughs> move on. You know. And um, what happened then? Um, my my a good friend of mine came home from college he was a lacrosse player and he needed to train uh over the summer break he could he couldn't let himself go and he he suggested frank would you like to join the y with me and uh you know help me train and everything and i did and that is when i first i went in there and i saw the universal gym i was where i started and then in the other room, there was guys doing powerlifting. They were squatting and benching and deadlifting, all kind of weight and big, heavy dumbbells. And I said, I, uh, that is something I want to do. And uh, I worked my way up to be able to do that kind of thing. And that's when I started, start, that's where I started a love for weightlifting. Yeah. And you think about like nowadays, you can, there's so many resources you can go on YouTube. You can, pretty much find a club almost anywhere in the u.s but you're just looking at magazines basically you might see somebody in the corner of the y doing a snatch and like oh what's that what's that right. thing how and you don't really there's no coaches it's hard to find so like how how long did it take until you actually had a coach or you had somebody who knew what they were doing um i really never had a coach uh as, as a younger lifter i never had a coach i never had an official coach but what I what I did was I I I developed I saw I saw an Olympic lifting meet one time I got to go see one uh, as a suggestion of a friend of mine I saw the Philadelphia Open it was called the Philadelphia Open which was a big meet back then and he said it's Olympic lifting but they're, all the big guys are going to be there and it was it, it was it was kind of similar to the American Open uh, type of uh, you had to qualify for it and all the good guys from the York Barbell Club were there. And when I saw that, I said, huh, I want to try this. And at the time, I was doing powerlifting. At least that's what I thought I wanted to do. And I was getting a magazine called Strength and Health that was put out by the York Barbell Club, which was the icon of Olympic lifting back then and powerlifting and, and bodybuilding. And I, I just read the magazines and I saw pictures and they had some articles on step-by-step -step procedure on how to do a snatch. And I, 
I said, I'm going to try this. And I went down to the gym and I said, I tried it. And I, I was terrible. <laughs> I was terrible at it. And I, I you know, I, I, it, took a, it, took, it took a while. And, and I wasn't alone. I was trying. Another friend of mine was, and my brother, Joe, he, he was uh, five years younger than me. And he was trying it. And we learned together. We learned step by step. And we made a lot of mistakes along the way. And the only coaching we ever got was like, well, after some time, we, would, we went to a meet. And we went to a meet, our first meet, about six months after we started. I went to my first meet at the Upper Darby Firehouse up on top there. And uh, there was a program there. And we went in it. And I, I can't remember the numbers. I think I cleaned and jerked somewhere around 175 pounds. Or, and I snatched about 160 or something like that. And it was all, like, all strength, no, no style, no technique yeah. whatsoever. Nothing, nothing correct about it whatsoever. <laughs> and uh, the cool thing about that was, and one of the reasons why I love Olympics lifting so much, uh, a fellow came over to me afterwards, and he said his name was Jeff Moyer, and he was a, he was a uh, physical education teacher and a coach, and he said, guys, I think you guys have some potential. Do you mind if I show you something? Do you mind if I show you a few things? And we went over and he showed us some basic movements and some patterns and what we were doing wrong and what to work on. He wasn't our coach, but that's how we learned by going to meets and learning here and learning there and bit by bit and working on it and working on it and working on it. And that's, that's how, that's how we, that's how we rolled back then. Yeah. That's so cool. And, and if you think about now, you've kind of seen the progression of USA weightlifting and how that, how that all started the the big meets everywhere and there there's five platforms there's thousands of competitors coming in so you started before any of that was even around there wasn't even USA weightlifting when you were around right the the, the uh, organization that ran weightlifting was was AAU the American Athletic Union that was that was what AAU in order to lift and weightlifting meet you had to have an AAU card and that's how that's how that's how it was. But it, there was it wasn't structured very as well back then as it, as it is now. Not even close. Not even close. And it's wonderful now. I, I I I love the fact when I go to meets, and I see almost everybody, maybe everybody has a coach, and I think that is wonderful. You know, and 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 I and it reflects on the quality of lifters. The difference back then and now. One of the one of the things that I've noticed is that not so much the numbers, the amount of weight that the best lifters lifted back then and the best lifters now, I don't think is all that much different. I don't know the numbers on that, but I think they're pretty close. But you had a great disparity across the board, you know, and you saw people there with really terrible technique. Maybe I was one of them. I was <laughs> at first. But, but, but now when I go to meets, I, don't, I see the technique of the, of the lifters pretty even across the board. I don't see anybody there was which I would call terrible technique. Yeah, that's interesting. And if you if you don't have a coach or you don't have those resources, you have to make the mistakes and you have to do stuff wrong and you right. you have to have Mr. Moyer come up to you and say, "Hey, let me uh, show you a few things." So right, right. but that's, that that's, that's what that's what happened a lot is, is after meets somebody Somebody telling me something. And the other thing that I might want to just mention, too, is how we learned back then. We were fortunate that we lived fairly close to the York Barbell Club. 
uh, so York, Pennsylvania. So from where I was living at the time in, in Delaware County, you know, maybe an hour, an hour and a half drive, somewhere around there. And we would go there. Uh, now, it was a gym, it was a Hall of Fame, and there was like a health food store where they sold products and that sort of stuff. So we would go there from time to time. And we got to know uh, the manager there, or the coach. His name was Dick Smith. He was a great Olympic weightlifter, uh, lifting coach. He was one of the best in the country, or even the world, was to multi-Olympics, and he was the man back then. Anyway, uh, he got to know us. He saw us at meets. Uh, the way that gym operated, I don't think you could join that gym. It was it was for like, you know, you were invited to that gym. It was mm -hmm. for elite athletes that, you know. And every once in a while, if it wasn't too busy, Dick Smith would come over to us and say, did you guys bring your stuff? And we, my brother and I would say, yeah, because we always had our stuff open that he would ask us, you know. <laughs> and we'd run out the car and we'd get our stuff on, throw it on there and get up there and lift. And that's when we would get some some actual coaching and he'd help us. And for what cost us zero money, he just did it out of his heart. And I am really thankful and grateful for that. Wow, that's cool. I remember hearing somebody at uh, California Strength had a similar story. I was listening to a podcast and they said, like, they were in the corner just waiting for Dave Spitz to, to like look at her. And then finally it happened and like she kept showing up and she kept missing and doing stuff wrong. And then finally he's like, why do you keep coming? Like, and then, you know, it progresses like that, right. but that's awesome that, that you stuck with it all this time. And yeah. I know you've had, you've had times where you weren't Olympic lifting. So what's been like the progression, like you start competing when did you get serious about it and, and kind of talk us through your journey? Like well, that? okay. Well, I think, uh, yes, we started, we started like in 1975 about, uh, and then we we're getting some coaching. We just kept getting a little bit better and a little bit better. Uh, we got to, we got to see visualize uh, good lifting because we, the, the, uh, Olympic trials, the 1976 Olympic trials were, was in Philadelphia. And we spent the whole weekend there watching all the best lifters in the in the, in the country uh, compete for a spot in the Olympic team. You know, so that was really exciting, and you know, really felt as though we became part of the sport in that way. And and we got better by watching the best, mm -hmm. just like today. Today it's easier because you can you can just flip your phone on and see it. But we got to see that, and uh, we trained and trained hard and got better and better at meets. Um, I don't think I ever. I, well, I think I was knocking on the door of becoming one of the better lifters in the, in the nation. My goal was to, uh, you know, uh, uh, make the Olympic trials uh, in 1980. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, I, I knew I would never qualify for the Olympics. I knew I didn't have that jazz. But I thought that if I could make the Olympic trials, that would really, really be cool. And I trained and I trained and I trained and I even I was, um, I don't know the kilos that it was back then, but I weighed about 165 pounds, 163 pounds naturally back then. And I was a wrestler and I had a wrestler's mindset. And I said, well, you know what, if, if I kept these same weights and I dropped my weight class, I, I would be able to qualify for this. You know, I could do it. So I did. And I, I lost weight like like a wrestler would, you know. You, know, just, you just didn't eat. I just didn't eat. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I trained in a rubber suit and, you know, all wrong, all wrong. I didn't have a coach. And I did okay. I did, I, I did okay. But I didn't quite, I wasn't able to quite 
lift the same weights as I did when I was weighing 160 pounds. And something did happen to me, I think, was overtraining. I just, after I, I was at a meet, I had a pretty good meet at, a, at, a, at an open meet here, in, it was in Camden. I had a, did pretty well, but I just felt like I couldn't train anymore. I felt, I felt like, you know, I just, I just I'm, I'm in a slump. I just, I just, and I had, and at that point I had no coach. So, you know, I felt like I couldn't train. I wasn't doing pretty good at school. I just didn't know what to do. You know, I just, so I just kind of took a hiatus. You know, so I didn't, the, the Olympic trials weren't, weren't even going to happen because I, I just, I just took a hiatus. Just, I started, I got a job and I just started to like, you know, well, I, about a year and a half went by and uh, I ended up, you know, coming back to Olympic lifting again. And I thought, you know, yeah, didn't make 1980, but let's see where we, where we can go next time. And then, so I was training and I was doing pretty good, getting better again, going a little bit too fast. And I had a, a, a bad injury in, in training. I, so I was doing a clean and I, it was 120 kilos, I remember it in my parents' backyard on a cement slab, and uh, I didn't get my elbows up fast enough, and my elbow hit my knee, and my, uh, my, my wrist my, got jammed, my thumb went down, and my wrist got totally sprained. It was a, a, there's different levels of a sprain. It wasn't the most severe, but it was the one right after that, and it was bad. It was really bad, and I didn't lift again after that for a long time. I just was, I just was kind of, I was just kind of out of it. And I, cause I couldn't, I couldn't even pick up a hammer. I couldn't, you know, and physical therapy was not, uh, they didn't, ha it wasn't catered, catered to, to athletes like it is today. Like there's a lot of really good PT guys out there. And I just, I went to a PT, but it was really for like, you know, I was in the waiting room for, you know, somebody that had a hip replacement and a, and a hip knee replacement. And they were like all 40 years older than me. And, uh, I just it just never came around. It's not it's not better today, but I can at least I can at least utilize it and lift. So uh, in that in that hiatus, it was probably about uh, I want to say three years or so before I even did Olympic lifting again. I did I took up running because I, I was getting in pretty good shape. I was in shape and I couldn't just sit around and do nothing and I couldn't do Olympic lifting. So so I uh, I took up running. And, you know, with these 27-inch seams, I wasn't very good at that, but at least I did it, and it gave me something to do, do all the time. And I got to the point that I could run a pretty good half marathon. I ran in um, two marathons, and I, I'm happy about that. I'm happy that it was an accomplishment, and it fit the bill for me to do something athletically while I couldn't do Olympic lifting. Yeah, that's cool. I was, I was uh, when you posted that picture on your Facebook with the marathon thing, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Uh -huh. Did you enjoy that? Like, did you enjoy running? I did. I did because it was it was a positive experience. It was, it, it kept me fit. Um, you know, every morning I would I would I ran in the morning before work. I would get up just enough time to be to be able to run maybe an hour before work, an hour be, run for an hour before I went to work. Uh, and I learned I learned a lot about uh, cycle training because you can't just go out and run ten miles every day. You have to increase your distance. Uh, with a with some, you have to have proper planning to be able to. You just not going to go out and run a marathon. You have to have proper planning, especially if you're not gifted. You're not gifted in running. You have to be able to to 
cycle your training so that you can build up the endurance so that you could do it. So you've always been like a pretty motivated person, you'd say? I think so. Yeah, because I think a lot of people do do work and you get the job, you get the family and you stop working out altogether. And you were, you know, you get hurt in Olympic lifting and it's like you move on to the next thing and then you can kind of come back to it, but you're always staying in shape and staying active. Right. I think it's, it's always been important to me. I think athletics and especially weightlifting, it becomes part of your personality. I, I just, you know, I, I can't, can't imagine doing, not, not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, we all have a little bit of a, a mental illness going to the yes. gym and doing the same thing over and over again. But, exactly. But I think being able to see that improvement, you see six months from, from back when you started, wow, I'm so much better. And then a year from now, you're, you're much better than you were at that point. So I think that, do you think you got like almost addicted to progress and seeing yourself improve? Yes, but I, I, I will add something about that. You know, as being older now, I'm 60, 64, you know, so, you know, I can't clean and jerk now what I, what I could snatch for a triple in the 70s. You know, so the, there's a regression, no doubt about it. There's regression, but it's where you are presently are, you know, so I can see progress from where I was six months ago. But if I think back where I was 30 or 40 years ago, that would just depress me. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely gonna gonna ask about that. Like, as a, as a master's lifter, is it hard to to look at your old numbers and compare and know that you you probably won't ever hit your best numbers anymore? But you're still like, how do you stay motivated to keep training? Well, for me, it's a couple of things. First of all, training is more than just numbers for weightlifting for me anymore it's it's really like a, a way of life it's a way of me to reflect back on what it was like when I was young it uh, I've gotten so much more out of weightlifting than just lifting weights you know it's taught me a lot of life lessons you know I've learned that you know through weightlifting and and other places but mostly weightlifting if you work hard and you work smart you're going to have you're going to achieve a level of success. It might not be all everything that you hoped and dreamed, but you will reach a level of success. And I've got that's what that's what I get so much out of weightlifting. Um, but I I, uh, I I am motivated uh, for improvement from where I currently am, and I don't think back of what I was because it's just you just can't you know. Yeah, I love that though. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So, so uh, you were a coach as well. So let's get into that. Like, in a time when there's not a lot of coaches, so what made you start to coach weightlifting? Like, when did that happen? Well, when my wrist was injured, and I was running, and I was involved in, in just, and I and I wasn't involved in weightlifting at all. I just was away from it for several years. I, I watched the 1988 Olympics on TV, and I was so motivated. You know, I said, "I oh, God, I miss this so much." You know, and I was I was doing some weight training, and my wrist was to the point that I could do bench press and I could squat, and I was doing that kind of stuff. But I I tried Olympic lifting, but it just wasn't working for me. My wrists just didn't work the way that they used to, and I just didn't think they would ever. And I, and I would feel pain from time to time, and I thought, "Oh, I don't want to go through this again." So I thought I thought 
that I would never be able to Olympic lift again. But I thought, well, why couldn't I coach? I coached my brother, and he's and he was good, and I could I could coach. So I contacted, uh, I don't know how I found it, but I, I contacted Leo Totten, uh, who was the head of the Mid Atlantic region of AAU. That's what it was. He was a or or back then it was USAW. I forget what it was called. But I contacted him, and I, I explained my situation. I said, I, I'd love to coach, man. How, how, can, how can I get into coaching? Could you help me? And he did. He talked to me about it, and he even sent me an athlete that lived in Reading that didn't have a coach. And he said, well, maybe you could, you could coach this guy. And so I started coaching uh, Jim Seifert, his name was. Sorry, I'm not sure if that was his first name. But I started coaching him, and I started coaching him. My brother made a comeback. I started coaching him again. Um, and then I got involved at a gym in Morgantown, uh, Kennedy's gym, and she allowed me to coach people there, which was kind of cool because it was right off the turnpike. And uh, I, I, and this was a mistake for my board, I think, but I never charged anybody for coaching them <laughs> because I just felt as though I just, I just didn't think I was a professional and I just felt as though, you know, these guys that helped me, they didn't ask for any money, so I'm not going to ask for any money. So I... I, I didn't I didn't charge any money for it. Only thing that people that I coached at Morgantown had to pay the day rate at 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 the, at the Morgantown gym. So I started coaching a handful of people there, and it was kind of fun. As I was coaching, I had to demonstrate, and as I demonstrate, I realized I started to think, huh, maybe I can do this again, you know. So I started I started training again, and I and I got into some meets and um, and. Uh, and so I was coaching and lifting at the same time, and I and I and I also was taking some coaching courses, and I got I went uh, uh, through the USA weightlifting. I went through all the courses and 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 uh, worked my way through it. Does coaching look different than it was back then? Like, were you yes. writing programs for people? I I was not very good at programming. I did do some programming. I was not good at it. I really just plain wasn't. I was good at training day. I was good at technique correction. I was really good at, uh, a lot of people I would, would come to the gym on Saturday and we would have a training session on Saturday. Sometimes I gave them a program to follow for the week. Sometimes they just did their own thing. So I think there was some, something, my, my, all my boys, I did all the program for them. Okay. Yeah. That's cool though. And yeah. then, so you're, you're more like focused on hands-on, I guess, when you're, seeing guys and making corrections right, that right. way. Now, I, I, I got to say, uh, uh, but I also, I didn't take any money. I wasn't a professional today. To, that's what I really love about today. There's a lot of coaches, and they are professional, and they do their job, and they do it full time. And I, I think they had a tremendous advantage of what, how I coached back then as a, as a part-timer. Is there anything you would like to go back and do differently besides maybe charge some money for it? I would like to coach again, but not now. Uh, uh, I'm 60, 64. Uh, you know, uh, this is this is my 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 plan. Like when I'm I'm gonna retire when I'm in my 69th year. <laughs> That's when I'll retire from my job. Then I'll have more time on my hands, and then I would like to start coaching again. I'll be pretty old, but I still think I could do it. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> yeah, and and you're still competitive. I was looking. I think last year you were top three in the United States in your weight class. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's about that's and, and so yeah, I I I, uh, I I think I do pretty good, but I, you know it's it's not what it's about. I really just I I just 
I'm very thankful that I could still do it. I, I am pretty beat up, but that's okay. I still can do it. I got I, uh, a lot of masters have some issues. A lot of, uh, that, that are se senior masters have a lot of issues, but still do it. Um, I'm all about I'm all about still being able to do it and being thankful that I can still get up on a platform and go. I might want to tell a story here uh, how I got back into it for, for uh, from my last hiatus because this was pretty cool. Uh, when I was about 58 years old, I, I was doing some general training, but I wasn't involved in weightlifting, and I really wasn't coaching. I really was I was kind of out of it a little bit. I was 58, 58 and a half, and I realized 60 was approaching, and I thought, you know, what do I want to do when I turn 60? I should do something special when I turn 60. What do I want to do? And I thought, I'm not really much into going to parties, and I don't want to go out to dinner and all that kind of stuff. But I don't really don't necessarily want to go anywhere. <laughs> I thought, you know what? I want to spend my 60th, I want to celebrate my 60th year on the platform where I belong. So, so I started looking around, and I saw that the Pan Am games were going to be in San Juan, Puerto Rico. And I saw that, um, you know, they were going to be right around like two weeks before I turned 60. I thought... I, this is this has got my name on it, you know. <laughs> so, so I started. I called my brother and I said, "Joe, I'm thinking about doing this. I know it's a big commitment. Would you want to come down? Would you want to coach me? And let's let's go down there and see what we do, you know." So that was that was that was my that was my comeback, and that's how I celebrated my 60th birthday. I uh, every every weekend, my brother and I were getting together. He trained me, which was kind of weird because I was always the coach, <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, and we went to a meet in, in King of Prussia and a qualified, and we went down down to the Pan Ams there, and uh, I got second place down there. So wow, like, that's awesome. Yeah, and, and it's and it's and 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 my wife went with me as well, and you know, we've always struggled a bit through our whole life, so we've never traveled together, and we were never on a plane together. So we got to go on a plane together, and we got and it got we had to weightlifting, and we had some fun, and it just was it was just it was just great. Wow, that's so cool. What was it like down there? Like, was it, uh, you know, was it like weightlifting now, like a big meet, big venue, stuff like that, or well, was I it? I turned sixty, so um, it, you know, it it, it was kind of like it is today. It was it was, it was there's I, I don't think it, it wasn't anything. It wasn't the size of the AO series here in the United States, but there was probably two hundred lifters or so. Okay. Yeah. Very. And cool. it was fun. It was fun. It was, it was in 2016. That's when I turned 60. Do you have that? Might be it. But do you have like a favorite competition memory? That was one of them. Let me think about that for a little bit. Um, I the American Open series that I lifted in 2018. That was really cool because it was so big, and you know it, there was it, it was so magical and seeing seeing all the nice platforms and all the brand new weights and i i just couldn't believe i couldn't believe how far the sport has come and the other thing i gotta mention too and to when i started this when i started this program started olympic lifting there was very few no i don't think there was any women i mean there was a few that were doing it but to see all those women lifting weights and doing so well it, it just it, it, it's amazing to me yeah and the American women are probably better than the American men now. <laughs> if you <laughs> yeah. look on the national platform, yeah, and I think it's done a tremendous thing for weightlifting. It really has. It's really given it a good balance. And yeah, and uh, 
so we got to talk about it because uh, I know you coached Jim Rudder. You were his first coach. Did you read The Sport of Steroids? I did. What did you think about that? I, I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was a great book. I, uh, uh, it was, it was, it was. I'm not, I'm not the best book reader, and it, it was interesting. It was informative. I could stay with it. Uh, it was fun. It was a little bit disheartening. You know, like, in other words, I'm an idealist. You know, and and and, and I, it's hard for me to understand. You know taking steroids, but I, when I read that book, I could understand his, 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 his point of view on it, you know, and why he did it. And, uh, but it was, it was a great book. It was fun to walk free. Yeah. I've been, I've been thinking about it a lot recently just because I'm watching all these top weightlifters on hook grip and all things gym and stuff and YouTube. And to me, it, it definitely made me kind of fall out of love with weightlifting a little bit just because you see the Chinese, you see the world record holders from Kazakhstan and wherever, Azerbaijan, and it's like, are they just all cheating? So yeah, ha- yeah. Have, has that affected your outlook on weightlifting at all? No, no, not really, because it's always been there. You know, I just do my thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's still about, you know, uh, me getting better from where I, where I currently am, you know, and, and, and wherever I land, I land, and, you know, I, I don't care what the next guy's doing. That's a that's a great mindset to have. Do you have like what are you focusing on right now in just in the sport of weightlifting? Like what can you improve right now? Um, I uh, there's I, I've I've realized as I've gotten a little older, there's some things that happen like loss of mobility and and strength. But strength, I think you can you know I, I can I can work on them you know but I I definitely feel uh, some some issues with mobility that I can improve on you know uh, I think the it's not uncommon for older guys to lose some uh, strength and mobility in the thoracic spine and that's why I think I have trouble getting the bar up over top of my head where it's supposed to be and uh, you know I'm, I'm working with a chiropractor and a trainer to try to and, and, and to try to improve that yeah, now, nowadays you have all these people who want to see you put the barbell in your hand. It's not like, oh, you know, you're you're 60. Why don't you give that up? Why don't yes. you do something else? Yeah, I think I do want to add. There's so much. There's so much stuff out there right now that you can utilize. So many resources you can utilize to help yourself as an athlete in these days. What tips would you give? You know, older guys say maybe they haven't lifted in five, ten years but they want to get back into the sport, it's starting to become bigger. Do you have any tips that you could give them? I would say that first, yeah, make sure, make sure you're fit. Make sure you're fit to make your comeback. Make sure you have gotten a doctor's uh, examination. There's nothing wrong with your ticker or any that kind of stuff. Then I would say, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take it slow. You gotta be mindful of the fact that you're older and, that your recovery is not going to be what it used to be, uh, and, and you got and you got to train smart. And I think that you should start by doing some general training uh, before you get into the hardcore Olympic lifting. And I also th- would suggest somebody take advantage of the resources that are out there today. Go to go find a gym that that could help you. Get a coach. You know, I think that that would be something that you ought to do and let the coach do the programming for you don't try to do your own programming i've made that mistake 
I've tried to do my own programming, um, and I, I ended up uh, tearing my hamstring. <laughs> you know, so it's easy to it's easy it's easy to uh, get get hung up on it, and you um, if you do your own programming, you could you you set yourself up for a disaster. I think I think that it's just human nature. So. How are you this positive all the time? I feel like when I'm, you know, thinking about guests, I've never heard something negative come out of your mouth. You're always, you go through an injury and you're like, ah, you know what? I'm injured again. Get back to training whenever I can. And you've always just seemed very positive. So you where do you think that mindset comes from? You didn't know me when I hurt my wrist. I wasn't so, I wasn't so happy, <laughs> but, but, uh, I mean, maybe that's why. Maybe because maybe because I I uh, I've had so many injuries and setbacks that uh, it, it's I'm sort of sort of used to it. Or I guess, or, and also, I know I, I I realize that I'm older. I'm just so thankful that I could still do it. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to do it. I'm, I, I I truly just uh, thank God <laughs> that every time I can get on the platform, it's just it's just a mucky a mucky. Do you have any meets coming up? Like, what it, what are you training for now? Uh, the one I'm really gearing up for is there's a meet in November. It's a Howard Cohen uh, Championships. That's the one I kind of like to go to. It's just I, I, because because it's in November and I have some time to cycle for it and train properly. Uh, the uh, Master Nationals, the Master Master Nationals for older folks, Master Nationals. That is the meet. That's the one you want to go to. That is the one that's most competitive, and I think it's an honor to, to if you if you would be able to place or win in the Master Nationals. I think it's one of the best ones. But that's in March, and and it's and it's not going to be virtual. It's going to be live. I don't think I don't think I'm ready for that. And I don't think even if even if I even if there was no pandemic, I don't feel where I'm at right now. I I, I could train properly and feel confident to go there. So. November is where when I'm is the thing that I'd like to key on and maybe get into a, a, a local meet or two be, before that. Yeah. Well, we'll now that you said that out loud, we'll hold you to it. Okay. So in, in November, we'll be promoting and uh, getting you ready for that. So let's talk about uh, you have an awesome basement. Is it basement or garage? It's my garage. Okay. So yeah, talk us what what I how do you get started with getting equipment and getting all the memorabilia that you have on the wall, everything like that. I'll start with the equipment because that's pretty cool. The equipment is equipment I bought at the York Barbell Club in 1976. <laughs> so it's the same bar and still works good. It has a little problem with it, but, you know, it's not too bad. But it still spins really good. The knurling is worn a bit, uh, but uh, there's, there's parts of me that have worn a bit too. So it's, uh, it's a perfect fit for me. So I, it's, it's still my original bar, uh, uh, still... The original bumper plates uh, that I got one year after I got my bar. Um, uh, I have I, I got newer squat racks and I have a, a bench press and you know um, my platform. I just have a simple uh, plywood pla uh, plywood platform, just simply made out of three layers of, of plywood. And uh, I have these rubber pads that go on the sides, and the rubber pads my brother got because he does highway construction. And, and these rubber, that's about three quarter inch rubber that's used uh, where the, 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 uh, the bridge, on a bridge where the abutment meets the, the concrete. So 
it's it's indestructible so i, I love that you know and uh so that's it that's all i that's what i have i have more weights than i need right now and i have a bar and i have squat racks and i have a bench press and what more you need you know <laughs> very cool yeah i remember just me and dana being in the garage and we couldn't do it like we had we had a a big adjustment period when we still had nice bars and equipment but the platform's a little bit uneven and you're you know training by yourself it's tough so how do you stay motivated how do you you know you can easily just go inside and go and eat or go and take a nap so what what keeps you going back to your gym no i truly love weightlifting i just love being athletic i love I love the fact that I can still do it. I feel very grateful. Uh, weightlifting, uh, weightlifting is—it's embedded. It's like it's part of me. It's part of my soul. It's taught. I've gotten so much out of weightlifting in my life, more than just lifting heavy weights. It's you know I've learned valuable life lessons, and it's just part of me. And I don't feel complete if I don't do it. Yeah, I think I think we all have a little bit of that now. Yeah. Like once you once you get started at something. You get really passionate about it. Right, exactly. And I love being passionate. What what about what's on the walls? I know you posted a picture, so describe to us what, what you have hanging up and my gym's kinda like I guess you would call my man cave. So I got all kinds of stuff in there. So you know, it's stuff that motivates me. Uh, and I'm just gonna close my eyes here and just walk around the room here. One of the cool things that I got, um, my wife gave me for Christmas one year. It's a, it's a painting from a local artist. And it's, it's called Breaking Through. And it's this guy, and it's, and it's because I was going through some injuries and some, some self-doubt. And this painting is this guy that's like breaking through all this junk. And he's just breaking through it. And it, it reflects how you feel sometimes. You know, how, how you know, you're, you're down and out, but you're going to go to the gym and you're going to work your way through this mess. And so I love that. I love that painting. Uh, so that's one thing, and then I just going down a room. I have, uh, I have my, I have some old photographs of when my brother and I were lifting in the '70s. That's hanging on my wall. I have, uh, I have the the banner that I wore in the uh, 1983 Marine Corps Marathon. Um, I have some. I have medals that my sons won at the Keystone State Games when they when I was training them. Picture now. Oh, I have some posters and. I have uh, uh, a flag from when I was uh, in the Pan Am Games, the American flag and the Pan American uh, uh, and the Puerto Rican flag. Um, let's see. Um, I have a poster that my son made. Uh, I have all kinds of. Oh, I have I have uh, various athletes, not just weightlifters. I have pictures of athletes. I have a picture of. I have a picture of George Foreman and uh, a fight that he had because George Foreman, uh, he won the heavyweight championship when he was uh, 46 years old, heavyweight champion of the world in boxing. It was quite a, quite a historical event. And I remember what he said after he won, and, and, it's, and it stuck with me. It said, um, as, as long as you can breathe, you're not too old to dream. And that's, that's how I feel. Wow, I love that. I feel like goosebumps right now, just kind of getting the tour of your gym. Yeah, I, Frank, this has been awesome. I'm so glad that you got to you got to come and train today and do this in person. I know sometimes when you comment on my stuff and say that I inspire you, it 
I don't even quite understand it because I see you lifting and I see you always improving and always keeping a positive attitude. So you inspire me more than, than you can know. So thank you so much for doing this and coming on. Thanks so much for, for having me, Angelo, and you do inspire me. You really do every week, so I really appreciate it. Well, this has been special, so thank you, Frank. Once again, thanks so much to Frank for coming over and recording the show. I'm going to try to get him back on for part two at some point. I'm sure there's a bunch of things in weightlifting that we could talk about for hours. So it's an honor to have him on and to call him a friend. When I started this podcast, my whole goal was to interview people who embody being better than yesterday. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, there's not many people who do it quite like Frank with a positive outlook and a smile on his face all the time. So thanks again, Frank. If you guys enjoyed this show, make sure to just share it out on your Instagram story. Just take a quick screenshot and put it out there. Let people know that you liked it and then share it out on Facebook as well if uh, if you're still over there. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and I look forward to talking to you guys on Friday. Have a great week.